the week and uh, just frustrations of work and you know with the blizzards we've had going on it's so easy to get frustrated just um, so right now if we could just begin to cast those things on him and pray that pray God take all these worries all these fears all these doubts God I lay them at the altar God if we could just begin to pray that right now in Jesus name I pray all frustration I lay it down at your feet God, I lay it down on the altar. It is in your hands, Jesus. You give and you take away. Oh, God, blessed be the name of the Lord. I pray that you would lead us today. God, as we come together as the body of Christ, that you would give each of us strength, oh, Lord. God, all thoughts of the mind, all thoughts of the flesh, I lay at your feet. All cares, I lay at your feet, oh, God. I'm here for you and you alone, Jesus. I pray the peace of God in this place tonight. I pray the peace of God over every mind, over every heart, and over every spirit tonight. I worship you, O oh God. I praise you, O oh God. I praise you, Father. I worship you, Father. Amen. Can we begin to worship him right now? To you be the glory and to you be the praise. God, for keeping your hand on our lives throughout this week, O oh Lord. For giving us protection, I pray. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we just stay here a little bit longer? Just fellowship him right now and begin to get in tune with him. Begin to get in unity one with another in prayer. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus' name, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. 
I've asked Brother Joey Charles to come take a few minutes here. God bless you, church. Are you guys cold like I am? Oh, I think I'm probably like the only short sleeve guy in here, so I gotta figure that out. Um, you know, I I've been uh, listening the last few weeks. We've had a lot of the word shared on Wednesdays and Sundays, and one word that Elder has been, uh, Elder Hart's been mentioning, has been subtle. And we've heard a lot of different ways that subtlety can get into our life. And for me personally, the Lord was starting to bring the word pride in, into that as well. Um, you know, I, we all know Elder's a big sports fan. And so for me also, I, I enjoy those. I love sports. It's great. And it's fun. It's competition. I love to play games. But I think, you know, it's kind of like a, a for lack of a better word, duh, how pride can get in with sports. You know, you, you like these teams and you follow them and things go well and you're on top of the world. And my wife can attest to some of the things I, I used to do back in, when I was first uh, with her and met her with sports. So that's really easy, but that's not how the subtlety works with pride um, that the Lord was working with with me. Um, as you guys know, I teach kindergarten, uh, teacher, and work with 20, 21, 22 kiddos in my class. But we know when you're a teacher, you don't just shut the switch off when you walk down the hall, or even when you're on the weekend in the stores and you're teaching other kids. And I recently have been working where I've been uh, working with some kiddos that are pretty difficult, and the the Lord had put in a scripture that every day I open the door, Lord, let me be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and it's like right away something will happen, and I just, all right, scripture, go in my mind, calm, breathe, listen, and then see how that happens, because it's so easy to just jump on that, that natural emotion to somebody's uh, getting on your case or just making you upset, and then you just... You just react, and there's no thinking involved. There's a lot of just going. And so after that, you know, I uh, had a moment where the Lord really taught me about pride. And so kind of how it works in in our schools is if there's a sub missing for a classroom, my teacher's gone and we don't have a sub, usually teachers will fill in for every half hour. And so one day I got a chance to teach fourth grade for 30 minutes, and so I walk in, and it's reading, and I get the little notes, what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm, I open up the book, and I'm starting to read, and, you know, I'm out of my element. I've been teaching kinder for a couple of years, and these kids are, you know, up taller, short, little. It's out of my element. And so I start reading, and I start noticing you know, little Johnny in the background starting to peep up and play, and he's over there cutting scissors, doing some little art project while we're reading. So immediately, Swift to Hear is not there. Slow to Speak isn't right there. It's react, and so I start, hey, what are you doing over there? And so I get all close and just stand in there reading, and of course that's going to stop, right? All these good kids in here, none of you ever uh, pushed the limits, including this guy here. So he kept doing it, and he kept doing it. And so my first reaction was, okay, let's go. Got him out of the classroom. Um, you know, like when you talk and you do something and the whole room kind of gets quiet and you go, Ooh, that probably wasn't handled the best. Well, that's what happened. The room got quiet. They listened. Finished the 30 minutes. I'm, I'm gone. And I went home, and the Lord was just dealing with me over that. And, you know, in, in me, my flesh was saying, man, he, he didn't do it the right way. He was acting out. He, was, he wasn't acting how he should have been. 
But the Lord kept saying, but how did you handle that? He was in the wrong, maybe, in, in, in what you should have been doing, but how did you handle that? And so a few days later when I got a chance to saw him in line and the pride that the Lord was working on, you know, he said, we're going to address it. So I, I called him over and said, hey, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, you know, we're in the class. I understand I, you weren't doing what I wanted, and I think you know that too, but I didn't handle it the best, and I could have done it differently. And so I apologize, um, and I hope that, you know, in the future, you know, whatever words I had used that God had given me at the time, and that was it. And, you know, no pat on my back. It was just asking what the Lord had done. And so end of story, right? Well, that's not how God works. A few few weeks later, I'm outside, and the bus bus lines are coming, and I get a bus driver who's like, where's the teacher at? You know, and I got my hood on, so I'm all bundled up, and I'm not a cold-weather person, so I'm like, hey, it's me. He's like, really? Yeah, yeah, no. I'm. So he calls me onto the bus and says, I have a student who's acting up. I'm sure you already know who it is, and there he is. Hey, come here. And the first thing I, I said was, hey, so remember when you really didn't like me in the class, and you just didn't want to have it, you didn't want to listen to me? It's okay. You know, you don't have to like all of these teachers or these parents, it's okay to be upset with them and to be frustrated, but you have to respect them. And if you don't want to sit and, and do that, bite your tongue, sit there, relax, and just do what you need to do. Get off the bus, but don't, because he can take you off of there if he really wanted. And he listened. But I knew right off the bat, as soon as I saw him, the Lord was like, and that's why. And that's why that you don't let pride get in the way, because you think he would have listened to me if I hadn't? I think he would have just been like, oh, great, you, you too, the bus driver and you, I didn't listen to you before, you think I'm going to do it now? Um, and, and that's what the subtlety is. And so by no means do I have it. By no means am I perfect at it. And I think if we're willing to say, God, bring that pride up to the surface, he will. And then it's up to us to respond to that. Um, you know, Scripture talks about the pride of life and, you know, that's of the world, and so I know if it's called the pride of life, if I'm living, there's going to be pride in it. Um, whatever, whatever limit you want to go, if you want to get more and, and remove more pride out of your life, keep bringing it up because there's going to be more. There's always going to be, as long as you're living, there's going to be something in life that's going to pull at your pride, and, you know, that's, that's one little lesson, and I'm excited, also nervous, to have more pride brought up, but it's for the best, and, you know, I... I want us to be able to recognize that. And that, you know, that subtle piece is something that I'm looking forward to seeing what else he's going to do. So, God bless. Thank you, Brother Charles. Did you say that fourth grader was? Wow, okay. Wow. Amen. It takes a, uh, it takes a big person to say, um, I was wrong or I made a mistake or I should have handled that differently, doesn't it? Amen. Brother Guardado, come and take a few minutes. Praise the Lord, everybody. I mean, God is good. We serve a great God. You know, um, I shared with the, with the congregation, I think it was not last week, but the week before, you know, what was going on with me in my life. And, you know, sometimes we get on a course in life where everything is going great, everything feels good. And, you know, all of a sudden there's come some changing circumstances in life that are going to take you in a different direction. 
Okay, and sometimes going in different directions can be uncomfortable, especially when we're used to just doing the same thing. It becomes a cycle, becomes routine, it becomes repetitive. You know, so throughout this process, you know, I've, I've, in my life, you know, some of you know a little bit of my testimony, but I was a heroin addict for 23 years. I smoked meth for about 15 years of my life. God's brought me here today, and he's brought each and every one of you here today. It's not by accident. It's not by chance. It's not by coincidence that you're sitting here tonight. I don't believe that. I believe that God brought us all here for a divine purpose. So, you know, through these situations that I'm going through in, in, in my walk, you know, in three years now, you know, I start off. You start off as a young babe in the Lord. We're learning things as we go. We're being taught. We have a shepherd. We have, we have men of God placed in our lives for a reason. And we need to utilize those men, and we also need to have, be in relationship with God so that he can allow to do a work in us. This is, this is, this is me talking because, this I mean, I didn't grow up in church. This is not something that was handed down to me or something that, it was, that I was just like, yeah, I mean, I want to live for God. No, I was against it. I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't want to go to church. It just wasn't me, you know, and I don't want anything to do with you people. And it was always you people, you people. You know, so, but God had a different plan. He had a different choice for my life. You know, so uh, now that I'm at this point in my life today where, you know, I want to walk in relationship with God. I want to be obedient to him, and I want to trust in him. So I face this circumstance. Okay, life's about to change. Can it be scary? Yeah. The unknown? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. Or, and I see this every day at work. I see the fear that the world lives by. Okay? And, and I was marked by some things in my life in my walk with the Lord. That, you know, the Lord allows me to refer back to different points in my life that I can say, okay, I remember having this conversation or I can remember the Lord speaking something to me about a, a particular moment in my life. And at one moment, I think Elder has shared it a couple of times where I've sat with him in his car and I sounded exactly like what I'm hearing today. I'm hearing the world talk and saying things like, you can't do this. It won't happen. It's not going to work. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you've been? Do you know you're a felon? And I'm just li- looking at these people like, do you know the God I serve? Do you know who he is? Because he, what you guys say no to, he says yes. You know, so uh, I have a scripture here that really, really was uh, kind of, I heard Bishop praying just a little while ago. But it was a, uh, it was a. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 27, it says, And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but with God, for with God all things are possible. That's with God. You know, so without God is saying, you know, with men it's impossible. And I'm hearing that. So, you know, I have to be in relationship with God and be able to discern the voices that are coming at me. Because we all have them. You know, I know I'm not the only one that hears things. We all hear things. And sometimes they're directed at us through other people. And sometimes God will use other people to speak positive things into us, speak revelation into us. And, and, and there's some things that I've been hearing lately, like, you know, I, went and, I was going to go put in an application at this place. And everybody's like, they're not going to hire you there. They don't want you there. And let me tell you how it started, though. I walked in. There was a little car there, and it was like it was a temp agency. And I was like, man, I don't want to go through no temp agency. Right? So I'm like, that's not what I wanted. But so I sat there in the lobby. But before I went back, before I walked in, I kind of rubbed my hand on the building. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do here. But if you want to open this door, open it. I'll walk through it. If you don't want me to walk through this door, close it. 
So I walk into the lobby, I grab that card, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking at it, and I know what it is. I know where it's telling me to go, but some guy from somewhere comes walking out, and I'm like, excuse me. He comes over, he says, yeah, and I, said, and I, I know the process. I said, hey, is this the application process? I, I know how to read, so I was just like, he goes, yeah, and he goes, so I explained to him my situation. Next thing you know, he's taking me back into some office to talk to ladies from Human Resources, got a direct a direct conversation with her, and I said, and this is what I said, because I want to recognize God in everything. And I said, God, you open that door. No matter how small it is, I want to recognize him in all the small things and all the big things. So when I walked in there, I was like, wow. My mind was thinking, God, if you can open this door now, I can only imagine what, what else you'll open for me. And this is just the one place that I went, and this lady says, you know what? I want to bypass the temp, temp agency, and I want to take your application directly. So, you know, the world's saying, no, 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 that you're a felon. I go in there, and the word of God tells me that with him all things are possible. And I believe that, and I walk in that. You know, so it's, it's, been, it's been an amazing journey. Like, I mean, and the enemy will also creep in in other ways, okay? I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I'm about to lose my job. I want to continue to be faithful in what I give to God. But the enemy will try to creep in and tell you, you know what, you better hold on to that. You better save that, put that away, because you might need that. But the thought that came to my head was like, oh, no, you ain't going to rob God, man. You're not going to rob him. I'm not going to rip him off. I rip people off in most of my life. I'm like, the last one I want to rip off is God, <laughs> you know. So, but, you know, we serve a great God, you know. And, and there's another scripture that, was, that had spoke to me this week. And it was in Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, verse 7. And it says, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. You know, trust, trusting in the Lord. I mean, if, if we haven't, for myself, grown up trusting all the time and having to step back and say, Lord, I trust you. I surrender it all to you. I give it to you. I don't know what you have for me, but I want to walk in it. I want to be able to discern right from wrong. I don't want to chase money. If somebody offered me a job. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the money, but it was out of He's out of Sila. And I didn't feel peace in that. I didn't feel like, you know, the Lord's called me to be somewhere. And you see, when I, when I, when I make decisions based on, on my relationship with God and I talk to God and, and I want to find peace in the situation, if I don't have peace in it and it feels uncomfortable, I should probably not of God. And I should probably yield to those feelings and understand what's going on. And that's another thing that I've learned is to understand what's happening here, here. And it started here in my mind, the way that I think, the way that I look at people, the way that I talk to people, the way that I treat people. You know, so, you know, my prayers is when I talk to God is, you know, God, God, let every word that come out of my mouth be of you. Let every thought that comes into my mind be of you. So quick, the, the Lord will check me on things throughout my day because I walk every day, all day long, talking to him, talking to him. You know, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? Because I'm going through this, this pivot now in my life. Okay, Lord, you're taking me somewhere. Okay, what are you trying to show me? Where do you want me? You know, I mean, that's just what I feel. Okay, it's time to move on. And, you know, sometimes circumstances happen in life and, and we don't understand them. And if we try to understand them in our own understanding, it's difficult. We need to seek after God and allow him to give us understanding, allow us to give us revelation. And, you know, I hold true to that. I have faith in that. And, you know, it's just, you know, the, the world will bombard you with negativity. 
because that's what they know. You know, they, they know failure. I knew it. I can speak on it. I knew failure real good. It was my real good friend. You know, so now I don't walk in that anymore, but I still, I hear the words. And when you hear the words, they're almost like they're deflecting off of you. And that's what I feel like, man, there's somebody just trying to hit me with this right now. I go, that's not of God. So I know that when I'm hearing them voices, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, giving, I'm not giving to that. I'm not, I'm not going to allow that into my spirit and feed off of that. Because we can allow things through subtlety. Like Brother Joy was talking about. And just the subtle little smallest of things can creep in and take hold. And then they start to grab roots. We don't want that. You know, so, you know, God has, has just allowed me to, you know, he's taken me in this, this new course. And, and every day that I wake up, it's, you know, I, I get to, to work and people are like, what's wrong with you, man? Why are you come here smiling? You know, we're about, about to lose our jobs, right? I'm like, yeah, I know that, but I serve a God that, that I know he has a purpose for my life and I have direction in my life. You know, God has, he has purpose for each and every one of us. You know, and, and like I said, I, I've come, and you know, some of you guys know some of my testimony. I haven't really shared all of it here. But, you know, I, I grew up in, you know, a, you know, my mother was a, a heroin addict, a prostitute. Uh, my dad was a drug addict. You know, I didn't have a family unit. You know, so my family was the street. My family was the jail cell, the juvenile halls, the penitentiaries, the boys' camps, the, the group homes, the foster homes. That's what I knew. But see, when God brings you into a relationship with him, he gave me brothers and sisters. He gave me people that I can lean on, people that I can call on, people that I can trust. I trust all of you guys. I share with you guys my life. I'm open about it. God's allowed that, and, God's, and I just I continue to walk in his faith. I walk in his truth. Everything that you need is in his word. It's all there. You know, I'm not an expert in it. Like I said, I didn't grow up in it, but I seek it, and I, and I, and I study, and, I, and scriptures jump out at me, and I'm like, wow. And sometimes when you start to read the same stuff over again, you're like, man, how did I miss that the last time? You know, something else jumps out at you. So now I got the different color highlighters, and I got, okay, I got this one. Now I got a pink one and a yellow one. And I'm like, just, just different stuff. You know, we serve a great God. You know, trust him, believe in him, walk in his faith, walk in his truth. It's real. You know, amen. Thank you for. I'd like to uh, look into the scripture in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse five. Many things in life are now referred to as diseases. Or syndromes. They have a syndrome for everything nowadays. You know, as though it's some kind of a genetic disposition. Now, I believe in genetics being passed from one generation to another generation. The physical makeup of my being. Here's an example of genetics right here. He's got long genes, right? He didn't get that himself. That came from upline. But the idea that, that uh, now, now I, I hope this doesn't clash with some of the medical experts in here tonight. But the idea that the, the world points to a lot of problems in society 
and refers to them as a genetic problem, as a syndrome, as a disease, that it's got to be somehow treated medically. Okay? Let's read at this, at this particular juncture. Acts 8. Then Philip, Philip was an apostolic deacon in the church. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. What does that mean? He talked to them about the, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, that he came robed in the veil of flesh, that he went to Calvary's cross, he was crucified. He died, he was buried, and he was resurrected on the third day. He came back to life. He showed himself to above 500 for 40 days, and then he ascended. That is preaching Christ unto them. Now, he may have taken it a little bit further and said, a few days ago, I was in an upper room with a bunch of other people, about 120, and as we were praying and waiting on God, the Holy Ghost came upon us. We began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave to us the utterance. And then Peter, one of the apostles, got up and shared with all those that were there that came because of what they heard about, that they should repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and that they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's very likely that that's how it went down. When he preached Christ unto them. Next verse. And the people with one accord. Gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. Hearing. And seeing the miracles which he did. Ah another element. The ministry that had become operative through the life. Of this Holy Ghost filled vessel. As he ministered. There were those in proximity that began to be healed of. Diseases. The, the scripture uses the word disease. It doesn't use the word syndrome. Now. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now it goes on to describe some of these miracles. Let's read. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them. I don't know how many people there were in Samaria. But when the writer uses the descriptive that there were many, I would say there were probably not just one or two or three or four. 50 might be a small number. I was, little segue here. I was watching a video one time from Ethiopia. There was a team of ministers there and they were having this crusade. And they had fenced an area just with a wooden rail fence and it had a bunch of dirt in it. And they called for all those who had been raised from the dead. 
And people came out of that massive crowd and went and literally stepped over or dove over that fence and laid in the dirt, shaking. (laughs) They were just shaking before the Lord. There were 50 people there raised from the dead. Now, back to the scripture. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many of them that were possessed with them and many taken with palsies. Oh, okay. Here's a descriptive of an infirmity. They were unable to walk properly. If, if we were to refer to cerebral palsy, I have an uncle that had cerebral palsy. Many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. What's a lame person? A lame cannot walk. Okay. So we've got people taken with palsies. We've got people with unclean spirits. How many? Many. And we have people that cannot walk. And the scripture says they were healed. He came preaching Christ unto them. And in this particular environment and season of time the word of God witnesses that these things were taking place throughout the crowd or the assembly of people that were there let's read further And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery. Witchcraft. Sorcery. What is that? What is sorcery? I don't know what the natural elements of sorcery are, but we know that spiritism is involved in sorcery. All right. Whatever the craft was that he was operating had its origin in spirit. that was not the spirit of God. Now, we know that there were many that were that had unclean spirits. We know that there were many that were afflicted there. And the story goes on to tell us that they had been under the influence of a spiritual craft for many years. Let's go on and read what it says. Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. They were under a spiritual influence. They were bewitched. Some might use the word they were under a spell. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, 
This man is the great power of God. So he had bewitched them for a long time. That their thought process had been impacted, affected, persuaded, under the influence. Now, in today's world, we'd call that mental illness. I say, not we. The world would refer to this as mental illness. Their thought process being affected and impacted by this spiritual craft that was taking place in their community. We don't see a lot of this in America, I don't think. But there are places in this world where it is far more common. Not too far from here either. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. Next verse. And to him they had regard, because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So we get a picture of the environment here. We get, a, we get a, an idea of what this society looked like and what they were framed by. And maybe even when they begin to open their mouths and talk, it might be evident to some. There's something not right there. But yet in this environment, as Philip began to preach and minister Christ unto them, there were things that began to take place. Unclean spirits came out of many. People who were afflicted and bound became healed. People who were not unable to walk because from a, maybe as a child or maybe from birth, they were lame. Got up and begin to walk. The miraculous begin to take place. We preach Christ. We preach the death, burial, and resurrection. We preach remission of sins through baptism and repentance. We preach the power of God indwelling in the believer at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, all these miracles, all these things that were taking place simply happened while he was ministering. They had not even received the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet. I'm talking about the ability of God to move. I'm talking about the expression of his spirit and the the power and the authority of the word of God to touch every individual life. Even those who have become settled on the idea that maybe they just have a syndrome and they were meant to carry and live with the rest of their life. I say no. 
the scripture, the scripture speaks of the spirit of a sound mind. Under the, under the spiritual influence of God, I can speak clearly with revelation, with understanding, with clarity. It's just not the natural because there is the spirit of a sound mind. Martin, you don't sound like a drug addict. I'm not sure you're a brainiac either. But I sense an operating spirit. A gifting of God that is spirit in its origin. Brother Charles, they would refer to us as vertically challenged. As though that's a syndrome. I've been praying for individuals, thought process to be healed and changed. I've been praying for the loosing of the minds of men who were under the influence of the God of this world. Because when they open their mouths and begin to communicate, I wonder, how is it can you can even think that way? And then I have to realize You're the children of your father, the God of this world. There is spiritual inspiration that becomes operative in the lives of many. And when they're open their mouths, it becomes evident. The word of God tells me that it's very possible, very hopeful. That change can come to anybody's mental state and situation. The word of God can renew my mind. I've known minds that were afflicted. I don't do you have yet does anybody know anybody that smoked a lot of dope? Marijuana. You know they're all so excited and happy about legalization of marijuana I watched 7th graders that never became any older they still talk like 7th graders they think like 7th graders and it's like their mind got stuck in a mind in a warp now there may be physical impairment there I'm not sure but I've also watched people who told me by their own testimony that that was the life that they came from, that now they've got sharp minds. Now they've got clear thinking processes because time spent in the word of God has brought the healing effect upon their minds. Besides the, the spiritual action of healing, 
There were many afflicted that came before the Lord that he simply rebuked the spirits involved in their affliction. The deaf and dumb, in other words, can't hear, can't speak, that was brought to the Lord. He didn't say, you know, I heal this genetic disposition in you. He simply called out spirits of infirmity that were afflicting. And the Bible tells us that there was healing and wholeness that came. I believe for this. And I feel specific direction here tonight to minister towards this and that the Lord would take us on journey together to a place in faith that as we begin to pray together, these kinds of situations will be ministered to, will be impacted, will be healed, will be affected or at least pointed in a new direction and away from an old. The idea that you're, that you're stuck somewhere that you can never move beyond it. It's the, the, the hand of cards you've been dealt and all that. It is not true. And the kingdom of God changes eminent. I'm telling you. Let's take a minute here and pray. Let's submit this to the Lord together here in the name of Jesus. Father, we have faith. Your word brings us faith. Hearing your word. Jesus, it increases our faith. I feel a building in this room here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing is too hard for you. With God, all things are possible to them that believe and call upon your name. In the name of Jesus, we submit to this, Lord. We submit to this, oh God. It's not by our strength nor our power. It's by your might, Jesus. It's by your spirit, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. How many here could testify tonight that you have been, you've been miraculously healed sometime in your life? Would you raise your hand? Look around the room. Keep your hands up. Look around the room. You can testify tonight and you have told others and nobody can take that away from you. You were miraculously healed by God. Well, that's what's in the room here tonight. Why don't you stand with me?
Hallelujah. You're able to do exceedingly abundant, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us, according to the indwelling spirit of God. Hallelujah. By the authority of the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we release healing. I release the spirit of a sound mind in this room tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, receive it. Receive it of him tonight. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, hold your hands in the air. Hold your hands into the air. Put them up there in a receiving fashion right now. In the name of Jesus, we receive this of you, Father. We receive this, we receive this of you, Father. Mm. Jesus' name. Brother, Brother Rodriguez, Brother Guardado, Brother Charles, Brother Ethan Hart, would you come? I want you four men, I want you to take this anointing oil, okay? I want you to turn around. If you would like to be anointed with oil before you leave here tonight, you don't need to make any mention what it is, but that you would like to be anointed with oil here tonight by these elders. Now, there's other elders in the room, and I respect and understand that. I'm just trying to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost for here tonight. Okay? Brother Sario, you better come up here too. (laughs) If you want prayer tonight, you want to be anointed with oil and hands laid upon you, In the name of Jesus Christ, would you come and form a line right over here? And I'm asking you to pass right by these men. They'll step up to you and pray for you. This is between you and the Lord. Let me say something right now. I've known people who when they look... They look ahead. They, they look with fear because they've known of things in their, in their lineage. And they see and maybe say things at times that you wonder, is it me too? In other words, is there something that's been passed on to me? You look ahead and you see what has transpired and you... You wonder, I'm not telling you to raise your hand. I'm just telling you, there is faith in this room here tonight. And the hand of the Lord will help you, will touch you, will minister to you. As we pray and anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. Amen. Please, I want you to come and form a line over here. Form a line over here. We're going to lay hands upon their heads. 
not their shoulders or their arms, all right, on their head. In the name of Jesus, let's pray. Come on, church. We submit this to you, Father. We submit this to you, Father, for healing, for the grace of God. These are not genetic dispositions. These are afflictions that must go in the name of Jesus. They are subject to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Next person. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of your name, Jesus, we speak healing. We speak healing and restoration. Healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. Healing, restoration, spirit of a sound mind, be made manifest, be made whole. All right, next. Hallelujah, hallelujah. By the utterance of your spirit, Father, by the utterance of your spirit, Hallelujah, by the grace of God, I speak a covering. I speak the spirit of a sound mind, health and strength in the name of Jesus. Strength in the name of Jesus. Boldness of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. In Jesus' name, we come to you right now, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're the liberator of our souls. You're the liberator of our mind. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you glory, Father. We give you glory, Father. Hallelujah. Come on, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for these children, this family. Your hand be upon them, Lord God. Your hand be upon them mightily, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Wholeness prevail. Wholeness prevail. Soundness prevail. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your hand, Father. Thank you for your hand, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. All things are possible. All things. With God, all things are possible to them that believe, that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, behold now. I say, behold now.
It's you, Father. It's your hand. It's you that doeth the work. It's you that doeth the work. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you for strengthening. Thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's you that makes every wit whole. Every wit whole in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. We pray for our sister right now and her husband. In the name of Jesus, you see the concern of the mind. Let faith prevail. Faith, let light prevail. Driving out darkness. Darkness of thought. That which is not true in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the word of truth prevail. Let the spirit of truth prevail. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Unto him who is able. Unto him who is able. Come on, be all glory in the name of Jesus. Unto him who is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you for your miraculous hand. Is there anybody else here tonight? I, I, I have witnessed and seen the weight upon some people here tonight. You're, the weight you're carrying and your concern. Would you please come? Please come and avail yourself tonight. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. We anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. We anoint with oil in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We anoint with oil for healing, for the power of God to prevail in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For soundness, soundness in the spirit of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of truth prevailing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 praise God, praise the Lord Jesus, praise God, thank you brethren, you know, when I was in my early 20s, I had injured my back several times. I was in a car accident and uh, where I rolled my pickup truck down the freeway. And about once a month, my back would go out at work and I'd have to take off for a few days. That went on like that for several years. 
Uh, That's before I knew the Lord, by the way. (laughs) I knew Budweiser. I knew Colt 45s and those things. But there there was a meeting in a church that I was now attending in Yakima. And uh, they called for those. Uh, they had set up a prayer line similar to what we did tonight. And uh, I got in line from my back. And uh, somebody got prayer in front of me, and they got to stomping and dancing, and they stepped on my toes. And so now I was concerned about my toes more than my back. But I, I you know, survived and got through the prayer line in pain. And... Uh, I walked out of there, and I, you know, I, I had pain in my back. And I remember it was about three days when I realized it's not there no more. I tested it. Do you know it was years before I ever had another issue with my back? It used to be every month. Now, it was years now, I probably abused it and did some things down the line. But now I'm, let's say, I'm going to guess and say, let's, let's say it was four years ago. I'd have been 56 years old. See, that, that was back in my 20s. So at 56 years old, I began to have back problems. Didn't know where it was coming from, and it lasted for a long time. Finally, I went to a doctor because it wasn't getting better. And they did a... What's the thing you go through the, I guess. And they said, you have two herniated discs. Number one and number two. L1, L2, is that what that is? You have two herniated. And so they said, well, they don't get better. We're going to have to do this. One was an operation. Very least, we're going to have to do cortisone shots. And that's going to give you some relief for a while. Now, this had gone on a couple months. I was literally on my back in bed for a couple of months. And, man, I was, you talk about coming under, under attack mentally. I was beginning to entertain thoughts that this is the way it was going to be the rest of my life. I would never be able to walk right again. Uh, you know, I was going to have all these limitations and I was just going to have to get used to it because they're trying to convince me these things, these are degenerative. They've happened over time. I thought it was from too much driving. They said, no, 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 it's too much lifting. Oh, I can understand driving. I've been driving all my life. And so when I went for a council, to just talk about what I had supposed to do. They told me all these things that I'm telling you over at Good Sam. And somewhere from out of back here somewhere, I said, I don't think I want to do that. I want to give it some more time. All right. When the pain gets bad, just call us. We'll be ready. I mean, it was already bad. When my wife took me to the hospital, I could not sit in the seat of a car. I was curled up over the seat crying. The pain was so extreme. 
it, I can't tell you how extreme it was unless you've ever experienced it for yourself. But when I got home, I'm laying on the bed. I get a text from Bishop Wright. And he says, I'm going to call you tomorrow. Okay. So I'm laying on the couch in the den. Phone rings. It's his name. Yes, sir. He starts talking to me a little bit. But in the first few words, he says to me, we're going to pray in just a bit. Is your wife there? Yeah, she's here. We're going to pray in just a bit. But before we pray, if the Lord heals you today, will you buy a ticket and get on the plane tomorrow and come back and speak in this meeting? Well, let me tell you what was happening. While he was speaking to me on the phone, I felt something moving in my body. And he didn't know it, but I had already got up and was walking around the room talking on this phone. And I'm thinking, he's going to heal me. He can, he's healing me. I can tell. I can feel it. And so after a bit, he prayed. Was no, you know, it was not, wasn't one of these great orations. It was real simple and basic and to the point. And he said, now, you told me you would. The Lord heals you today. You get on a plane. Now, he went on. Get this. This is how far he went. He said, now, the Lord's going to heal you. He said, but you may experience some pain sometime during the day tomorrow. I'm just telling you ahead of time. But the Lord is going to heal you. Okay. Well, got off the phone. I got on the computer. I bought airline tickets that cost me $2,000 a piece. Last minute travel. We got in the car in the morning. I said to my wife, I'll drive. The guy that could not sit in the seat, I'll drive. Are you sure? Yes. I get in the car. We're halfway to the airport. Are you okay? Are you okay? Honey, I'm okay. I'm driving. I'm all right. I drive. We get there. My greatest fear was sitting in an airplane seat for five and a half hours. We get on the plane. We take off. I'm in, I'm midair. My back starts hurting. <laughs> oh, no. Please, please. I can't bear the thought of what this is about to feel like. But it subsided. I got to the meeting. Now, listen. I sat in a chair. Six hours a day. For a week. I, I hadn't sat in a chair for two months. I sat in a chair like this. Six hours a day for a week. Now. You and I went and got a load of hay yesterday. Did I look like a guy that was having back problems? 
And for the last couple, several years now, I've been working hard. I've been lifting a lot. The Lord has healed my back. Now, the doctor said this will not improve. I don't think it was a genetic fix. Here's what I'm saying to you. As the man of God begin to speak under the spiritual inspiration that God was giving to him, I felt the flow of healing begin to come through my body. I believe that the flow of the Spirit of God is touching minds tonight. Let's give him some thanks. Come on, it's by his power. It's by his miraculous hand. We receive it of you, Father. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. We receive it of you, Father. We receive it of you, Father. It doesn't matter what I walk out of the room with tonight. I receive it of you, Father. It may be day one. It may be day two. I don't know. But I'm receiving it of you. In the name of Jesus. And I'll not believe a lie. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody told me that you got to have the test in order to have the testimony. You got to walk through the valley sometimes before he can take you to the mountaintop. Now, is there anyone else here tonight that you would just like prayer before you go? You've not been prayed for tonight. Is there anybody else here tonight? I I just, I don't want to leave this atmosphere. You want to be prayed for? Brethren. Come on, say it with me. All things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. With God, all things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, nothing can stand before him. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Amen. One more here. Come on back, brethren.
Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yanele hiara matahana ye. Kima yuluri ala matahana ye ha. Kira masiatahayo. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus name, hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your miraculous hand. We thank you, Lord, for your miraculous hand. In the name of Jesus, Sister Sanchez, come on up here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We submit this to you, Father. We submit this to you, Father. Hallelujah, increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Come on, we rebuke the liar in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here that's suffering from sugar diabetes? Would you come? Any, anybody? You're suffering sugar diabetes. We're going to pray specifically. Okay? For this. Let the symptoms... Be removed. Let them come to naught. Let them come to naught. Let the voice of the liar come to silence. In the name of Jesus. Let there be a balance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No, sister. Nope, behind you. Sandra.
Sandra, we anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. This situation that God would intervene, that God would minister and heal, that he would bring a resolve, a peace, the peace that passes all understanding. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus name, Jesus name, Jesus name. I may have told or shared this with you that my wife is a cousin who was born with a uh, withered hand. She's gone around through her life with a withered hand. And uh, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name. And every evangelist in the country that went through Puyallup has laid hands on her and prayed. And anytime there was a spiritual move, they would pray and, and continue to pray. And I, when I went there, I did the same thing. It seemed like there would be faith to believe and we would begin to pray and she would come forward and we'd pray and lay hands on her. <clears throat> to this day that I know of, her arm is still withered. Now, Brother Wright asked me to make a trip with him to the Ukraine. We were in Kiev at a Bible, not at a Bible, at a college campus that they had rented. And it was such a impoverished situation the room we were in was so dark, you couldn't hardly see the faces of people. There were three light bulbs in the room. It was a big room, just three light bulbs, very dark, very dingy. And uh, there was, go ahead and sit down for just a minute. We're, we're going to pray one more time, I believe. But. I had been in Los Angeles with Brother Wright some time before that where I watched, I witnessed in a meeting where he would begin to say things like, is there anybody that's got a pain going down the backside of their right leg? And would you just raise your hand? And there was three people that raised their hands. And he said, Phew. and I realized in that moment what he was saying was is what he was feeling was not about him. But the Lord was using him that way and would let him feel something and he would begin to speak it out. He never called one of those individuals forward, but he'd just say, just stand where you are. Raise your hand. The Lord's going to heal you right now. I watched this go on for 45 minutes. As he began to describe things in people's lives that were sitting in that room and they would stand and God healed them one after the other, after the other, after the other. Well, here we are in the Ukraine. And we're in a meeting, and while I'm in the meeting, my arm just starts hurting. It's, and it's like, man, what's the matter with me? What's going on? What's, what's that all about? And 
when we would leave the meeting and walk back to our, the rooms where we were staying, I was fine. <laughs> nothing, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with my arm. We'd go back into this, the sessions, and that pain would come upon my arm again. And after the third time, I thought, I think that the same thing that I saw happen to Brother Wright's happening to me. So I went to Brother Wright. I said, Brother Wright, told him the scenario. He said, okay, I'm going to give you the mic in a minute. What, 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 what? Wait, no, no, I was just telling you, I, maybe there's somebody here. Yeah, I'm going to give you the mic in a minute. Oh, dear God, now I'm really praying. Now I'm looking to see if I can figure out who it is. And I see somebody that looks like death warmed over. <laughs> Lady sitting a little while back, you know. And so he gives me the mic and I, I don't remember what I said or if I shared any of that or what. I, I think I did, but I don't remember. And so I said, is there anybody in the room that's having pain in your arm? Well, three people stand up, but not the lady that looked like she was death warmed over. And I thought, oh, no, I missed it. Because I thought for sure it's got to be her. Well, there was a man. He's standing right there. He's this close. And I said, listen, stay where you are. We're just going to begin to pray. And as we begin to pray, this man, he starts doing this. And then he starts screaming. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? They tell me later on, I don't remember where the guy was. He was from the Ukraine, I think. But they said he was born with a withered arm. The man was like in his 60s. And he said, as we begin to pray, he said, the Lord filled his arm with muscles. The missionary has told me that to this day, he travels around the country sharing his testimony, how God miraculously healed that withered arm. It was in a moment. It was in a moment like this. I'd like for Sammy to come back up here. Sammy, can I pray for you? Can we pray for you? Would you mind? I want your daddy to carry you. By the authority of the word of God. Let's pray. Come on. Come on. By the authority of the word of God. By the power of the name of Jesus. All things are possible to them that believe. I speak life. I speak healing. In the name of Jesus. I speak life. I speak healing. Hallelujah. Under the power of your utterance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the life-giving force of God come into these legs. Hallelujah.
Jesus' name. I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Sammy. That you would make him whole. Thank you for letting us pray for you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.